Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, I'm joined by personal development coach, speaker, and author, Peggy Silfen. Peggy is an internationally known expert on helping clients overcome chronic stress, fear, and anxiety. Her effective protocols, especially her integrated life coaching system, guide business groups and individuals in cutting-edge methods to improve productivity, performance, and address issues of health, relationships, work, and life purpose. Using her keen intuitive abilities, she blends Eastern and Western traditions from ancient yogic techniques, mindfulness, and spirituality, to functional medicine, modern psychology, energy medicine, nutrition, and the neurosciences. Peggy, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's a joy to be here with you today, Millette. Thank you for inviting me. Before we jump into more about your coaching business, I'd love to know a little bit more about who you are and maybe what you like to do when you're not working. Ah, (laughs) reality. So when I'm not working, I am loving the outdoor lifestyle that I now have in Southwest Florida. I'm originally from New York City. And so I love being able to be outdoors playing tennis, which I actually did this morning and golf and biking and just being able to be out enjoying the nature of the area that I live in. So it's really my balance. And being so close to the Gulf of Mexico, I can have beach walks and really be able to relax. Ooh, that all sounds amazing. Everybody loves to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our conversation, we're going to focus a little bit more on your journey. So tell us, how long have you been coaching and what led you to get into the profession in the first place? It's a great question. I feel like I've been coaching my whole life (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I'm a really good listener and I really am intuitively connected to people who I interact with, I seem to understand where they're from. So I feel like it's always been part of my makeup, but I've really had quite a checkered past. I call myself a serial entrepreneur, Uh, and I have a PhD in reinventing myself. So I've had a lot of ups and downs through all of this, and I struggled and I suffered. And I began studying and learning ways to manage really my own anxiety and stress, which really led me to the work I do today. And the real turning point came about um, probably about 15 years ago when I had an advertising agency at the time, which was very stressful, thriving, doing well. And I spent a weekend learning from world-renowned spiritual master, Yogi Amrit Desai. And I thought, wow, if my AAA personality could calm down to the point where I could really see so much further and be able to do so much more, I thought other people need to know about this. And that was really my first step into it. And then as I trained with Yogi Desai and certified in all sorts of different modalities uh, from Amrit Yoga to Yoga Nidra to quantum breath meditation, I started looking at Western modalities to really understand why does this work and to really understand the scientific aspect of it. 
So it was a lot more convoluted than it needed to be, but that's just my curiosity and my interest in really understanding the big picture. You know, I'd like to be shift back a couple of sentences because you said something that was really interesting to me. And in fact, I've spoken to another coach fairly recently that sort of had the same path. Someone that was really, like you said, triple A personality who made a really radical shift into, you know, a more spiritual way of being that, that also led to a shift in business. Do you have any insight as to what really caused you to make such a large shift? Or do, do you feel like it was a large shift? I do feel it was a huge shift. And it was being able to focus internally and connect to my authentic self, all that I am, rather than looking to be filled up from everything outside of myself. And I really feel in our Western culture, we kind of have the emphasis on the wrong things. We're always looking to be happy when we get to some destination instead of really looking at the journey. And I know other coaches understand this because that's really often what we're all about in helping our clients. And I just feel that the culture is continually reinforcing uh, disharmony and discord by everything that we're doing, everything from digitizing our communications to our foods, to the way we exercise, to just really how we live our lives. And it's destructive as human beings to our very essence. So I do feel connecting to that higher self and recognizing that we're more than just our physical bodies is really important. And we're also more than just our minds. And we often, again, in the Western culture, get stuck in our minds. I know I'm rambling, but I just, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about understanding, you know, the, this insightfulness of how we are missing some of the key opportunities that are really part of our humanness because of the way we structure our lifestyles. Like you were saying, you know, making that shift from, you know, being in advertising, which is a really fast paced, stressful sort of business to then shifting into coaching and bringing in a lot more spiritual elements. Did you find that you had the same sort of ups and downs that you experienced when you were in advertising or, or did it did it seem to be a smoother shift? Can you talk about maybe a low point or a disappointment that you experienced? So I was very fortunate, actually, in the coaching business. And right out of the gate, I was able to do a major training program for a large hospital facility. And so I had the false notion that, oh, great, I'm launched. This is it. I've arrived. This is my passion. This is what I want to do. But I wasn't launched. And what I found disappointing was that the business doesn't just happen. And it doesn't just flow. Fortunately, having a marketing background really helped me realize what I had to do. So it allowed me to morph into a better understanding without having a meltdown in the process, because I well could have. It was just such a shocking uh, realization for me. Uh, I find that to be just a, a great story, because I think a lot of people would, like you, if you get a really big contract or a really big job at the beginning, just be like, you know, 
I got this covered. This is awesome. And then, you know, then reality sets in and you're like, wait a minute, I have to keep doing this. Well, and you start questioning, gee, is this really the right path? Because it really was a major deviation. And I had moved to Southwest Florida and I had been established as someone who was the marketing guru having an advertising agency. And to now all of a sudden say, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm rebranding myself. Now I'm a wellness coach. And the people who knew me knew me as an advertising person. So that was a really tough transition, being able to really redevelop trust and the expertise and the certifications and all that goes along with being accepted as a, as a successful coach. So did you end up just having to recreate a, a different audience or were you able to to bring a lot of the people that you had worked with before into your new business or how did that sort of work out? It was a slow process at the beginning because again, there was such a big transition of people's beliefs in me and what I could do. So I actually began lecturing. I, I fortunately have been extremely active in the communities that I'm living near and in. And so I was able to get onto kind of the lecture circuit and really share the information that was, that could impact people. And at the same time, it was helping to build belief in me and what I could do. And it actually, it was really funny because when I first did it, I'm very involved in Rotary International. And so I've passed president of my Rotary Club and past district governor. So I have a lot of connections in Rotary. So I started doing the Rotary circuit. And I remember after one of my lectures, uh, one of the Rotarians came up to me and said, so did you train with Tony Robbins? And honestly, Millette, I almost hate to admit this, but at the time I looked at him and said, no, who's Tony Robbins? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I think it is because you were, to me, that just means that you were just so authentically yourself that that was just an amazing compliment because you were just coming at it being who you were. You weren't trying to emulate anyone else. And for someone to say, hey, you know, have you trained with this person that is also amazing? That to me says, you're amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. But at the time, I didn't know to be amazed. At the time <laughs> I, I started studying Tony Robbins, I thought, well, I want to know who this guy is. And yeah. of course, he's incredibly impressive. And I really appreciate all that he's accomplished and the way he's accomplished it. When we talk about, like you said, rebranding and really making a big shift from one business model to another. You know, you're talking about get, getting started, having to redo things, going out and speaking. When did you feel like you were finally getting some momentum? Is there a particular tipping point that you can talk about? Truthfully, I can't focus on a specific moment or a specific tipping point because I felt it was really taking small steps. It was, as we say in NLP, chunking. So I was really trying different approaches with which it's just been the last few years that all these different approaches have merged to generate real momentum. So one of the first things I did was write a book and I put all of my trainings together in Escape from Anxiety, Supercharge Your Life with Powerful Strategies from A to Z. And it has over a hundred different techniques from all the different trainings. And that, first of all, helped create credibility and also 
was a great resource to have available for clients so that I could help support them beyond just sessions that we work together. Mm. The second thing I did was I actually collaborated on the largest personal development book series in the world called The Change, Insights into Self-Empowerment. And one of the driving forces behind it is Jim Britt, who ironically was Tony Robbins' first mentor. So that connected me with coaches all over the world who are walking the walk. And in fact, any coaches who are listening, if you are interested in being part of this book series, uh, reach out to me and I'd be happy to connect you because it really opened my eyes and also encouraged me in understanding that I kind of wasn't alone. I wasn't just because coaching is still fairly new in the scheme of things. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was starting, there weren't a lot of other people doing what I was doing, nor did they have the integration of all the different modalities that I was using. So I also began doing thousands of interviews and writing articles since actually my background, I was a journalist in New York City. I wrote for the New York Times and Newsweek International. And so blogging became part of it, posting, doing lots of social media, which I will digress for a second, Millette, to just share with you the fact that the one of the main reasons that I got out of the advertising agency business, because I was a full service agency, and I also offered public relations. And I got out of it when I saw social media emerging. And I thought, I just cannot take on one more thing. And now here I am in my own business, of course, doing <laughs> social media. So my bottom line point is it really takes all of it. But you have to chunk it and you have to find what feels comfortable and what feels right for you and what you're good at. And if you're not, then you have to hire someone or delegate. And it's a continuous work in progress. It never stops. I'm still doing all of it and I'm still continuing to expand. And we all need to do that. When you talk about writing a book, collaborating on another series, getting out and, and doing the interviews, was this something that was strategic for you or did did you did you kind of come into it more of a oh there's an opportunity I'm going to try that there's one I'm going to try that or did you really sit down and plan out you know here's my marketing strategy this is how I'm going to grow my business I do recommend sitting down and planning out but I be honest I didn't I was using a lot of my marketing expertise and again intuitively it was guiding me to do mm -hmm. a lot of these things that for me are facile. I even created my own website because I had, when I had the ad agency, I, I knew how to do all of that and I did my own graphics. And so I kind of became, you know, a one stop shop for everything. Mm -hmm. And for me, I like that involvement. And even when I hire people and I have delegated certain aspects of, uh, th marketing, I still like to know how to do it and be involved, but that's just me. Honestly, I don't recommend that. I think it's really important to have a team and find good people to support you. But I'm just um, an insatiable learner and really curious. And so I've thrown myself into every part of it. Now, when you talk about, and, and I'm, I'm going off topic just a bit, but I find this to be super interesting and I'd love to know your perspective on it. When you get into doing your own stuff, like your own website and your own graphics, do you feel like you have to, that you're a perfectionist with that? Or do you kind of go with the idea of, I'm going to 
put something together that's nice enough to get myself started, but I'm not going to obsess over it because I just want to get going. I want to have something out there and not be perfect. That is such an interesting point. (laughs) And you've hit one of my buttons because I am a perfectionist. And what I have learned is to let go of that because it creates tension and it is not productive in the long run. So it's not that I ever get to a point where I think that's good enough. Mm. I just try not to be quite as attached to the outcome. Mm -hmm. And as long as it's clear and I'm getting good responses from it, and I'm always tweaking it. I'm, I am always working on my website and my blogs and, and all of the different pieces. Even the social media aspect takes constant attention and it's very time consuming. And fortunately, I have a wonderful guy in my life who gives me the space to do what I love doing. And so I'm able to spend a lot of time. Well, I only ask that because that's how I am. I love to dig in and learn and I like to do everything myself, not because I think I can do it better, but just because I really like the idea of learning how to. So I was just, you know, that that was purely a, a question for my own. Well, knowledge. and I think it's really good to learn new things. It 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 really is an anti-aging technique because it really helps keep the brain functioning at a higher level. So I think it's good to encourage learning new things unless it's overwhelming. If it's too much or it just isn't facile. I mean, lots of these things for me were quite simple to do. It didn't take a lot. Although I have to say I do use a um, an online program that creates campaigns that are sort of self-perpetuating. Mm-hmm. And I, that's been difficult to learn. I've been with it for about a year and a half, and I'm finally just getting to the place where I'm confident with it. You know, we've talked about several really interesting things, you know, speaking and writing books and doing a lot of design work and graphics and building things. What would you say so far has been maybe a favorite achievement of yours in your business? To be honest, we talk about creating peace in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, it starts within each one of us. So one of my favorite achievements just happened last month. And I got an email from a guy who had read my Escape from Anxiety book, and he said it changed his life. Mm. And that was gratifying enough. But then he went on to say it changed his life so much so that he began studying and learning more about mental health, about anxiety, about stress, and now is about to publish his own book to help his people. And he asked if I would write the forward. And Abbas Badami lives in Iran. So his people are all these suffering Iranians. So I'm really gratified to know how far reaching this work can be and really help spread peace, create harmony. So to me, that's one of my most recent favorite achievements. I was really, that boggled my mind and I was really excited to be part of that. Oh, yeah, that's so special. That's a great story. You know, Before we move into the part of the podcast that focuses more on how to actually grow a business, I'd like to talk about the future just a little. What are you most excited about creating next in your business? To be honest, Millette, there isn't one thing. Most immediately, I'm very excited about creating an audiobook of a book that I just published in January called Embodying the Power of the Zero Stress Zone. And that book is a compilation of the teachings of Yogi Amrit Desai. And 
it, it's been a nine year project. So wow. I'm really excited to have that book available. And I think it will be more accessible as an audio book. And the book really explains the truth of existence and how to carry the zero stress zone into every day life, really to optimize and balance every part of our lives. Cause we always have one part that's out of balance and the book is just transformational. So that's, one thing that's in my near future, because I'm working on that this summer. But then I'm also in the process of developing some cutting-edge webinars, and hopefully that will be able to spread the trainings more quickly and more expansively. So I'm really looking forward to that. Now, we're going to move into the part of the conversation that I really enjoy, and it's talking about what's working right now in business. One of the things that I've noticed just from talking to a lot of different coaches is that there's so many different ways online and offline to make a living as a coach, you know, all the way from just having a local one-on-one coaching business, all the way to having a purely online business. So I'd like to know, how are the ways that you're generating revenue in your business? That's a really good question. I would say the most revenue comes from the corporate trainings that I do. And so I adapt a lot of my trainings and my coaching to really focus on productivity and also empowerment of individuals and teams. So as a serial entrepreneur, I'm a bit of a chameleon. So I can really adapt my message to reach different audiences. So I also do very well with keynote talks. And yet, I still love the one-on-one coaching and I do work with clients all over the world via Skype. And yet I would say the most revenue does come from the corporate client. So when you got started as a coach, um, were you initially just working one-on-one with people, working with individuals, and then you sort of adapted some of your teaching so that it would be easier to take into a business um, to speak to many people? Actually, the the first experience I had was this group that this team at this hospital that I worked with. So, so I thought that was the direction I was going in. So I really kind of stumbled for a bit for the first couple of years until I did start developing private coaching. And again, I started training in a lot of different modalities. So I was not only offering private yoga classes at one point, but I had been trained by Dr. Eric Pearl in reconnective healing. I was offering sessions in that. I was offering talks in that. So I don't recommend my approach because it's a bit um, too challenging to manage all those different components. So um, I don't know if that makes it clear, but... Um, I find right now I, I just do really well with um, a lot of the talks that I do because it allows me to really create channels and connections mm-hmm. and relationships with people who then see who I am. And if I resonate with them, then they want to be coached one-on-one. So I've expanded the one-on-one coaching. But again, I do some in person, but a lot is done via Skype. I love using Skype. I've had no problems with it. 
I think maybe you've you've started answering the next question, so we'll jump into that. You know, one thing that everybody loves is just getting ideas on how to grow their business. So you talked a lot about, you know, your speaking and then using that as a way to connect and then further relationships. So what would be your favorite strategy for bringing brand new clients into your business? That is one of the best strategies. Obviously, word of mouth is really good. So clients will recommend other people that they know who might need my support. But lectures and workshops are really terrific. It's the most hands-on marketing, and it's the most immediate and tangible. The other areas that I've been developing over the last few years that also work really well is collaboration or joint ventures. So for instance, with the Change Book, the Personal Development Book Series, it's a great collaboration. And as coaches that are part of that book. And I'm in book nine, they're now on book 13. So it's a really fast growing series. And there's a lot of joint ventures that have come out of that uh, to do. In fact, I did a program with one of my co authors, she was in Colorado, I was in Southwest Florida, and we did it via Skype, I was projected into the hotel room, you know, this huge conference room, and I could see the audience, they could see me, I could really interact with them. It was incredible. So there's lots of opportunities for joint ventures. And most recently, I've been working with a gentleman locally, we do coaching in public speaking excellence, and train corporate individuals, as well as we offer workshops in this. And so collaborating with him, he's actually uh, in the New York State Broadcasters Hall of Fame. So he's really good with the external skills, and I teach the internal skills. And what he's really good at is networking. So he is really terrific getting out there and developing the client's I'm much happier being behind the scenes developing the programs and the materials and all of that, the PowerPoints. And so that collaboration has been very lucrative. We work really well together. We're a good point counterpoint. So those kinds of relationships with um, collaborators, I think, can really make a difference in a business and help it grow more. Networking is not something I enjoy doing. So rather than hiring someone, this is much more uh, connected and integrated, and it works really well for us. We've been doing it about two years now. If other coaches like the idea of getting into collaborative relationships, what would be a suggestion for, you know, being able to reach out and kind of make those initial connections with people that might lead to being able to collaborate? And the reason that I ask this is because I've had a lot of people try to connect with me on Facebook and it turns into a big sales pitch. You know, almost right. almost to the point where I, I almost go into it with my guard up if anyone approaches me or anyone wants to connect with me. And and sometimes I feel like even when I'm when I'm honestly reaching out to someone saying, hey, I'd love to connect with this person. I get that same feeling that maybe they've got their guard up. So how do we get around that idea of, oh, this person's just wanting to sell me their wares and be able to get into relationship building with people that we can do business with? I think the best way to start, and I think that's a great question and a great observation, is to really start locally, start in your own community. Instead of finding other coaches as 
competition, collaborate with them, work together, develop programs. There's more power when we work together and we can even offer more content and be more proactive in every aspect of what we're doing. So I would suggest, who do you admire in your local community who's a coach? Reach out to them, say, hey, can we have coffee? I'd really like to talk with you. I have some ideas. And everyone is looking to connect and looking for new avenues. So if you bring that to the table, I think that the receptivity will be really great. So I think that would be the simplest way to start. Mm -hmm. And also it just kind of helps oil your inner workings in feeling more comfortable in doing that. Yeah, that's a great idea. You know, I would love to go backwards. Um, 10 or 15 minutes ago, I would say you said something a couple of times that, that I wanted to talk about then and I forgot. So I've remembered and I want to go backwards to it. You said the word chunking a couple of times. I would love for you to explain a little bit more about what, what does that mean? What, what are you, how are you using that word in your business? Chunking is really instead of looking at all of the different approaches and all of the different tasks that you need to do. It's really simplifying it into just a small chunk at a time. And what I've found, not only through neural linguistic programming, which is where I've learned to chunk and help clients learn how to chunk, but I've used it myself just not to be overwhelmed because it's very easy to get overwhelmed. And then the coach needs a coach to get back into harmony mm -hmm. and alignment. So when you chunk, you intentionally just take pieces of the big program and just do, it's really just putting one step in front of the other and being able to just do small pieces. And as you do that, it just builds. Mm. You create this foundation that becomes really strong and really powerful. And it also gives you an opportunity to see what really works and what doesn't work. Nice. You know, one of the things that you were you were saying earlier, which was about the, the strategy to bring new clients in and using the speaking engagements. If somebody wanted to get started in speaking, do you suggest just going to like your local Rotary Club, some some local places? What would be like a, a suggestion for someone who just wants to dip their toe in and see and see if they like Absolutely, it? Absolutely. Depending what kind of coaching they do, if it's business coaching, I would go to business groups and, and propose it. Realtors or attorneys who have uh, oftentimes conferences where they get together with other attorneys and they're always looking for speakers, uh, hospitality environments. Like I'm in a very high tourist area. So the hospitality industry in my area is really big and that's a great opportunity to reach a lot of people. Just organizations, women's groups, men's groups, again, depending who your clientele is, you really want to target those groups that are going to be most in alignment with the type of coaching that you're offering. If you're doing coaching for women's issues, you're obviously going to want to go more towards a women's group. But if you're doing more professional um, corporate type of clients, then that's a different orientation. And there are lots of business groups, and especially civic organizations like the Lions Club and the Rotary Clubs, and they're always looking for speakers. So I would really start locally and because it really helps you develop those relationships and you get known and it 
can lead to other talks if that's something that you're interested in cultivating. Because the speaking tour is very lucrative, but that's a whole other part of the coaching business. It's something that is a necessary evil on some levels, because I know from teaching my speaking excellence course uh, that speaking is actually the number one fear that people have is getting up in front of an audience. So if that's not a comfort level, start with small groups and in time, hopefully that'll build. Now, when you go out and you do your speaking engagements, okay, you just mentioned that it could be lucrative. Is this something that people should expect to charge for? Or at first, should they expect to give away? No, not not with the community. And I don't charge for my local community talks. Uh, it to me, that's give, giving back to the community and and helping people who are my neighbors, my friends, uh, my associates. So I don't charge for that. But I do do major keynote talks. I had one conference. It was um, a national conference of over 200 CEOs from all over the United States. And I was one of the keynote speakers. So those type of talks are on a whole different scale than what I'm talking about in terms of getting started. With the smaller civic organizations, do you feel like that's a, an area where you could go in and do a talk, but maybe, you know, offer your services or, you know, hand out business cards and, and at least start to network and give people the idea that if they do want coaching, that, that you're someone to come to? Well, and that's the point is not to be salesy at those type of functions. It's really about content and really sharing information. And in the process, you are networking, they're getting to know you. And if they want more, if they are interested in coaching, yes, of course, have business cards available, or if you have a book, or if you have a flyer, have that material available to give anyone who might be interested access. But at the beginning, it's really about sharing information. I think if if we go into those kinds of programs with the right heart, with the right intention of giving, you will get. Mm -hmm. So it's important to go in with that purpose of sharing some of your knowledge and being able to connect with people who will want to see more of you or, or want to refer people to you. One thing that I would love to know, and someone who's been in the business as long as you have, I'm sure that you've had a lot of opportunities to look back on your beginnings and think about if I had it to do all over again. So what I would like to know is if you were giving someone advice who was just getting started, or if you had it to do all over again, what would you do first in starting up a brand new coaching business? For myself, I found one of the hardest things was to really focus on who my ideal client is. And I think that's one of the most important first steps to really take the time to write down all the characteristics of your perfect client so you'll know really how to focus your energies on cultivating the right people. And to be honest, I still struggle with this because I have clients from five years old to 85 years old, and they're from all different cultures, all different backgrounds, all over the world, men, women. So I'm the worst at being able to really focus in on this. But honestly, the biggest success, the most successful coaches are focused and they know who their client is and they can deliver time and time and time again. And so I would really encourage that. Mm. You know, one thing that, that I've 
picked up from just kind of doing a little of my own research on ideal client is that getting clear on who your ideal client is really just allows you to focus on the way that you present your own message. It may draw a lot of different people to you, but it's definitely going to draw that ideal client to you. So that's great advice. And I think that a lot of people have a lot of hangups around, they feel like it's limiting, you know, to say, okay, this is this one persona that I want to attract and they can't wrap their head around it because they're like, no, but, but my message is, is great for a lot of different people. (laughs) Well, I'm let, that's what I struggle with. I still struggle with that. You've hit the nail on the head and it's really hard, but Again, it's really important to find who is that first line ideal client. And then, as you just said, there are others who can emerge or be drawn to you and who you can serve. And I think it's really important to know who the ideal client is because if you're dealing with millennials, you speak a different language than if you're dealing with baby boomers. Mm-hmm. And the the different age groups definitely have different dialogues. And again, because I've come from a marketing background, I feel pretty facile in being able to kind of flip back and forth between all of the different ways of communicating. But at the end of the day, it's really important to know Who's going to really resonate with you? Look, you want to be successful as a coach and know that your clients are going to really be able to respond to everything that you're offering. So if you're really focusing in on your ideal client, it's going to feed you better. It's going to feed your soul better. And financially, it will be more lucrative for you. So I do feel that's really important. And I'm still vacillating and waffling all over the place. Because I've done so many different clients and I, it's hard for me to just hone in on, okay, which area is really my best. In fact, I just recently was asked to speak at um, a national conference for the uh, USPTA, which is the United States Professional Tennis Association. So I'll be doing a talk about performance. And that's really, I mean, I do performance and I, and I work with some athletes and, and sports areas. And since I'm a competitive tennis player, that's up my alley, but that's not really my ideal client. But how can I resist? It's just an awesome opportunity to connect to kind of a whole different, you know, level of potential clients. Well, I find the whole idea of of the ideal client and just that that whole conversation, I find it really interesting. And I could talk about it a lot because I have someone that I really enjoy listening to and I've bought products from him. I've gone through a lot of the the free things that he offers. And I am 180 degrees away from his ideal client. But mm. but I still enjoy about 90% of what he puts out. And then the 10% that turns me off is probably exactly what his ideal client loves. <laughs> so Wow, isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is. It's, it's super interesting. And then the whole idea of, I don't know if you're familiar with Kevin Kelly, but the whole idea of the 1000 true fans, you know, that that's that really we can say my stuff will appeal to the masses. It's going to appeal to everybody. I just need to be broad and bring everyone in. But if we have that 1000 true fans, those are the people that are really going to spend the money on our highest price product. Those are the people that are going to be there every single time we release something and they're going to want it because they love what we do. And they're going to be your spokespeople because they're going to recommend you to others. I think, you know, you just kind of clicked for me in understanding because when I first started this coaching business, 
there weren't a lot of coaches. And I think that's probably why now it's become more imperative to really develop the ideal perfect client, because there is more opportunities for other coaches to take that client. So I think people who are looking for coaches want a comfort level in knowing that you really understand what their needs are. Yeah, definitely. And that's like, like you said, you know, it's, it's, it still clicks with me as I learn more and more and, and learn from more people that that whole idea of that one ideal client, that's the one that you just said. That's the one that's going to really click with exactly what you're saying. It may click pretty well with a whole lot of other people that may buy a low priced item or may buy your book or I mean, you can have these different layers of who you work with. And some people may be out on the fringe and enjoy your free stuff. And some people may be right there in the middle and and grab every single thing that you do. I think that's true. And I think, you know, with so many of us coaches, we're so um, really engaged in what we do. And so much of the motivation is really wanting to make a difference in other people's lives. And so there's this tendency to want to help everyone, you know, right. and, and there's a s- only certain number of hours in the day and only so much that you can do. So I think coming back to that focus is really important. Peggy, this has been such a great conversation. I mean, I know that we have gone off on down a few rabbit holes, but I've enjoyed it and I've learned so much from you. I want to finish up now with our final five rapid fire questions. What is one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? I think one of the most important skills is really adaptability and really to be able to let go of what isn't working, no matter how vested I might feel in it, and be able to just shift and just see clearly more openly and more acceptingly. What is one quality that you feel every successful coach needs to develop? I think if a coach doesn't have compassion, and passion is part of compassion, then I think they shouldn't be in coaching, honestly, because I think you have to be totally engaged in the process. You really do, as we've talked earlier, and you mentioned it, you really have to be authentic so that you can really understand what the needs are of your clients and be able to be successful with clients. Recommend one book that's had a big impact either on your business or on your life. To me, a really impressive book is The Biology of Belief, which is Bruce Lipton's book about unleashing the power of consciousness, matter and miracles and really changing belief systems. And I think that's part of what we coaches are helping our clients to do is change some of their beliefs that really aren't serving them and that might have been planted in early ages and they have false messages. So it's really shifting beliefs. That one is actually on my nightstand right now and I'm I'm going through it, but I'm going through it very slowly. It's one that makes you think for sure. It does. It's great. He's wonderful. I really like his work and He's, uh, you know, one of the ultimate scientists really in this field. Give us one online resource that you think coaches would love and that you couldn't do business without. One of the ones that I've found uh, just within the last year, I feel is really helpful for blogging, for copywriting, for sending out e-blasts, and it's a headline analyzer. It's from coschedule.com, and I find it really 
remarkable in how it helps you amp up the responsiveness of your headlines because it grades them. It gives you a certain level. It shows you where you might need a more of a power word or more of an emotional word. And I feel that that really is a, a quick support. If you don't have an editor who you can rely on or someone who manages your content, this is just a great quick feedback for all of those kinds of marketing programs that we're all part of. Finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? Are you on social? Uh, what's your website? I'm on everything social. I'm on website. Um, my website is PeggySealFon.com. And the best place to connect with me on Facebook would be PeggySealFon.PersonalDevelopmentCoach. Or I also have a Facebook page for Escape from Anxiety. Um I'm on LinkedIn as Peggy Sealfon. I'm on Instagram as Peggy Sealfon. And I love to be connected to other coaches. I feel that we so need to support one another. This is what the world needs right now. And we need to be more proactive in our own worlds. And so by helping each other, we can do that. Well, I will be sure to get all of those links onto the show notes page. This has been such a great conversation. I want to thank you again, Peggy, so much for joining me today. It is absolutely my pleasure, Millette. This has been a joy to be with you. Love your questions. And I love being part of Unstoppable Coach. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.